Today's episode of the two-man power trip of wrestling is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. Podgo is providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co. That is one more time, P-O-D-G-O dot C-O, podgo dot co. The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. And now for something completely different. I'm a Hall of Famer. I'm in three Halls of Fame. For the young fans, they don't give a damn. They just give a damn about themselves and what they're hearing now. And I got no problem with those rules. I know the rules going in. I'm happy to play the game that way. And when Ivan came off with that uh, knee drop from the top rope and he bent me, I thought that something happened. I couldn't hear a thing. You could have heard the pin drop in that arena. It touched me so deeply that when I went in the dressing room, I really felt depressed. I'll tell you that, I'll tell you right to his face. If it's Hogan and I, if he wanted to get in a real street fight with me, trust me, he would lose. And he knew it. You know, that's the other thing. They give you the belt, and they're like, okay, you're in charge of me. I was like, what? When you mentioned a guy like Harley Race, that kind of legendary status, it's obvious why people would get upset. Or as I'm concerned, Roddy Piper was not a wrestler. He wasn't even a good worker. If he had to go out and work his way to the top and not have good friends like Jim Barnett. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying he's not a good guy. He's just not a tough guy. Bro, I swear to you, I don't have an ego. Like, I don't give a crap. I, that stuff is not important to me. People don't know me. They have no idea of who I am. They know of me as being a fictional character that they saw on TV. People didn't understand that, you know, the guy they saw in the ring that happened to be using his real name, that happened to actually be the president of the company, they really believed that that guy that they loved to hate was actually a pretty decent guy. And I think many people have the perception that I really was that character. They are Primetime Pod and Chad, the two-man power trip of wrestling.
us on the line right now is a former Ring of Honor World Television Champion, a current Ring of Honor superstar, the baddest of all time, the CEO of Shane Taylor Promotions. He is Mr. Shane Taylor. Welcome to the two-man power trip of wrestling. Thank you for that intro. Thank you for having me. And let me point out, right, you're one of the few people who have said it right. Everybody likes to go productions or enterprise. It is promotion. Thank you. Thank you for doing your research and thank you for being correct. That's right. You got you got to get it uh, absolutely correct. So what's been uh, what's been going on lately? I know our obviously the ROH bubble and everything. So how's everything been going with Ring of Honor? I mean, things have been going great. You know, uh, myself, my guys, Con, Con, Moses, we've been whooping people's asses like we always do. You know what I mean? So this is. Uh, it's no different for us uh, pre-lockdown or post-lockdown. Uh, it's, it's the same thing, you know. Um, but uh, hats off to Ring of Honor again for providing uh, a safe environment, a following some of the strictest protocols uh, in the country. I think the only company uh, that had stricter protocols was like the UFC. They had to go to their own island. So short of doing that, like better than trying to keep the talent safe with what they're doing. Yeah, they really kind of went above and beyond with the bubble and, and the testing and really keeping it safe. Do you think that, not not to you know bash another promotion, but do you think that they did it the, the smartest way to kind of go about handling this in the pandemic? For sure. You know, and, and I, I think when you're in this sort of situation, uh, limiting unknown factors is the best thing that you can do and being patient and really sort of maximizing safety above all else is is probably the way to go. Um, And I know, you know, it's when when you're dealing with with business, bottom line is always the bottom line, right? So um, I want to say, you know, I want to congratulate them for sort of saying, all right, let's put safety first and then we'll worry about the rest later. Uh, Can't have shows at all without your talent, right? So you have to make sure they're safe and their families are safe uh, as much as possible. And one of the very few promotions that didn't release anybody during the pandemic. I mean, you see guys in the other promotion get released left and right. They didn't release anybody. Right. No, I mean, again, uh, they understand how how difficult these times are uh, to be able to allow people to have one less thing to, wor- to worry about when it comes to finances. Uh, was a great thing, um, and that's that's why they you know are are who they are. So really, kind of going back into Ring of Honor and kind of how it all started. Had you actually kind of get noticed and debut in Ring of Honor? I know we're going probably all the way back to 2014, but had you kind of get noticed and, and make your debut there? Um, I got noticed uh, because of uh, Ray Rowe, uh Eric. I can read the same that. Uh, he was with Ring of Honor, and in our mutual goal of trying to make careers out of the sport, um, he allowed me to ride with him. Uh, he helped train me. You know what I mean? Godfather to my kids, so uh, he wants me to be as successful as possible. So he was the one uh, that would ride with me to to those shows, and we're talking about long trips, like from... Houston to Nashville, that's 15-plus hours, right? Houston to Atlanta, you know, um, and times where they could have flown him out, and he 
didn't. You know what I mean? He said, no, I'll I'll just drive with Shane. And he made that sacrifice for me, for me to just have an opportunity to maybe get on the show, right? So um, hats off to him for that. And I just made sure that once they gave me the opportunity, I did the most with it. He's obviously doing big things in WWE. He may be on hold for a second because his partner's injured, but went on to do big things, not only in Ring of Honor, New Japan, obviously right now, like I said, in WWE. What's kind of been like the long-term relationship? I know you said you're very close to him, Godfather, your kids, but how did, like, how did you kind of develop that, that chemistry and that friendship with him? Just from training? Uh, no. Uh, Ray and I are both from Cleveland. We both have seen and gone through similar life experience, and when you know someone that's gone through the same things as you and thinks the way you do, and moves the way you do, you sort of develop that, right? Because you find that you are different. You're, you're, you're built differently than the rest of the world, right? Um, the way we approach uh, business, the way we approach people, the way we approach problems, uh, for a lot of people, right, they see the way we do things and it looks aggressive to them or it looks hostile to them or it looks um, confrontational to them. But for the two of us, it's just we don't beat around the bush. Like, why should we sugarcoat anything for you? I'm not going to word the question to you in a way that takes me 10 minutes to ask it. Like, I'm just going to ask you what I need to know or tell you what I need to know, you know what I mean, right away. Mm -hmm. Um, And for most people, especially when you're dealing in the business world or in pro wrestling, uh, they're not used to that. So many people are used to that sort of, schmoozing, ass-kissing sort of style. And so when you come across guys like ourselves, uh, it, 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 it sort of shakes that. You know what I mean? Uh, yep. So that's, that's the way that me and him bonded, was just being uh, of, of like mind, having the same goals, going through the same things, and sort of coming out the other side of that so successful and still being us. So he opens the door for you, really, at Ring of Honor. You know, you kind of kick it through and able to stay on the roster. But him opening that door for you, that's, you know, absolutely huge, right? I mean, that's just uh, maybe an an opportunity you may not get if he doesn't kick down the door or or at least help you open the door. Absolutely. You know, which which is why it's important for me, especially with the platform I have, to try to do that for others, right? Because if that's not done, if everybody is only out for themselves and out for their spot and out for, you know, what they want to be, then you're never going to get the next person up. And the next person up might be the star. You know what I mean? They might be the person that changes the whole company, right? But if, if, if you're suppressing that or trying to, you know, uh, trying to stop that, then, you know, then, then we all lose. When you think about 2015 in Ring of Honor, they start teaming up with another guy I think a lot of people recognize and they know quite well, Keith Lee, the Pretty Boy Killers, and they kind of pair you guys up. What's the relationship, if any, with Keith Lee? Oh, Keith's a man. Keith, Keith, Keith is a big homie. Uh, you know, again, one of my one of my big brothers in the sport. Uh, I talk to him, you know, if not daily, like a few times a week. Um, it's it's incredible to see the amount of success that he's had, not only from going 
to evolve, but going to NXT and now going up to the main roster, be able to see the history that he's made, uh, to be able to see uh, what he's accomplished, what Ray's accomplished, and the conversations that we have all had privately about what we wanted to do, and to be able to see them sort of checking goals off that list is tremendous. When you guys are, are paired up, do you know him at all when they pair you guys up? Are you friendly, or is it just one of those things you just know him from the indie scene? Keith? Yes. Uh, no, I I knew Keith for a year or two prior to what we did and ran and ran in, in ROH. We were um, in some of the NWA companies together, uh, and that's when we were talking about teaming up then because. Uh, we both had similar mindsets about the way professional wrestling has been looked at, right? And for decades, um, there has been sort of this stereotypical role that guys like ourselves were supposed to play, right? As African-Americans, first and foremost, but in general, right? You're You're supposed to look a certain way, dress a certain way, talk a certain way, wrestle a certain way, um, and if you didn't meet that criteria or didn't follow that mold, then you weren't going to be successful, right? And especially being African-American males, a lot of places don't know how to market market you without putting you in some sort of stereotypical role, right? If, if you're not like this singing and dancing Mr. Bojangles, then you're a thug or a pimp or something else, something that people can readily identify and we were sick of that. You know what I mean? Like, we were sick yep. of every piece of that. Like, we are, we are, as performers are more than that. We as men are more, are more than that. We as a culture are more than that. Um, and so the tag team name of the Pretty Boy Killers was, was established, and I, I borrowed that from a buddy of mine, Trip Lee, in Ohio, and he gave me his blessing to go ahead and use it, that, we are not going to be the stereotype of what you think a star or a champion is supposed to be and what they're supposed to look like. But regardless of that mindset and regardless of what you think a champion is, what you think a, a star is, we're going to go out and show you that we can be that and more. You know what I mean? We can be not only better than them, but we can be the very best and do it our way. When you guys are kind of broken up in Ring of Honor and no longer teaming, was that kind of a sad sight to see? Did you think you were building something there? Because I guess he goes off and he goes to Evolve, and obviously the rest is kind of history. You mentioned NXT, obviously, on WWE main roster. But did you expect something you know, bigger and better for you guys when you guys started teaming in Ring of Honor? I wasn't really expecting anything. You know, the goal when we created the tag team was for us to both have careers in the sport, right? And we accomplished that. Now, of course, the optimal, you know, scenario is that we're doing it together. But the fact that we're both doing it, period, was the goal. Um, so uh, it's nice to think about potential matches we could have had, right? Or because you could have had, you know, PBK against the Briscoes for years or PBK against the Young Bucks for years, right? And I think people would have really, and they could have been great stories and all of that. But at the end of the day, I'm extremely proud of what he's done. Uh, and as long as he is happy and is providing for his family the way he wants to, 
and doing the things that he feels he should, I'm all for that too, right? So um, there, there was no disappointment, only uh, anticipation on what the future was going to bring. What do you think about how he's doing right now? You know, like you're looking at it and say, wow, you know, I saw this come in all, all along or any kind of surprise, like, oh, wow, you know, he's doing uh, even better than I thought. He's, you know, he's on TV, he's in main events. Uh, what have you kind of been thinking of, of where he's at right now as far as getting the big push on TV? Exactly where he should be. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Anybody that's been following him for any amount of time will tell you this is what he should have been doing. This is who he is. This is what he's had the capability of doing. Right, so he's just simply doing and living up to all the all of the expectations that we've already had, and the uh, reputation that he's already built. Right, so this is not a surprise to anybody who's been watching. So he leaves, and you kind of you're on your own. You're going to end up signing, uh, I guess, your first deal. Was that the first deal, first contract you ever signed in wrestling? It's probably around 2017. Was that the first big one? Uh yeah, that was my first one, you know, and it, it it was really cool to 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 sign that. I think I sat there for probably a good ten minutes before I signed it, just looking at it, you know, like of course reading it and all that, but like just looking at and holding the paper, you know what I mean? Because so many people, you know, bust their ass for years and never get to do that, right? So I, I really wanted to take a moment to um to sign that and to understand what, what that meant, what was going to be expected. Um, and fast forward a few years later, I've been able to sign a few more, you know, and uh, it, it it's still just pretty surreal every time, you know, especially where I come from, uh, to be able to do the things that I'm doing has been great. Yeah, it's so interesting, like, to, to see kind of you know, where people come from and where they end up and how they can make it. Like, your background, right? you had a bit of a tough upbringing, right? Right. Uh, growing up in, in, in Cleveland, uh, especially on the east side of Cleveland, uh, a lot of, you know, drugs, gangs, violence, things of that sort of, I've lost more friends and family members and been to more funerals than I care to remember. Um, but when you go through things like that, it, it shapes you, and it, it changes you, you know, forever, right? And so your your mentality changes, your your thought process changes, your your, your values change. Um, be able to go through all of that to be where I'm at now is nothing short of a miracle in my eyes, you know. And I wouldn't be doing my self-justice or the people that have sacrificed so much for me if I didn't try to try to explain and educate people on just how much that means and showing them what that representation means for people that come from places like where I come from. And to think kind of where you are now, at least you got the big contract and Ring of Honor, doing a lot of big things, and Ring of Honor is doing a lot of big things, not just in the United States, but globally, and they really made a great deal with uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. I mean, they, they wrestle in, in the U.K. What's kind of been your thought or, or your experience with the partnership with New Japan Pro Wrestling? Because that has been so 
effective and so great um, for Ring of Honor. And if you think about it, New Japan is really just you know, growing and growing and growing. I mean, it it's been it's been great. You know, um, it allows uh, our audience to see a lot of their talent and vice versa. It allows for great dream matches to happen and 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 for an interesting clash of styles. Um, I've never gotten a chance to go over to Japan, uh, but. Uh, I was able to be able to work with some of their guys when they came here. Uh, match with Hiroshima, with Evil, uh, the six or the eight man, I think, with Suzuki Goon, or no, six man. Um, and to be able to be in there with those guys and perform at, at that level with athletes of that caliber was great. You know, uh, I remember after my first match in Toronto. Uh, uh, against Godo, Tanahashi himself came up to me and said, "Hey, that was a hell of a fight. You know what I mean? That was a hell of a match." And I, you know, like, "Oh man, thank you." You know what I mean? Because that's that's the guy, right? So mm-hmm. uh, to be able to sort of uh, get that nod of approval from him was great. It was uh, validation almost. Is it something where you definitely want to be able to go to Japan and work in Japan? Is that like a goal, or is that not really kind of on your radar? No, it, it's definitely a goal. Um, that's one of the last sort of bucket list goals that I that I want to check off the list. Uh, seeing so many of the guys that I watched as a kid who sort of made their mark in Japan, you know, watching the Stan Hansens of the world and, and the Vaders and the Hogans and watching their time, and it seemed like in that in that era, if you wanted to prove yourself, that's where you went, right? Um, and, and so I've always wanted do that. I've seen a lot of people close to me be able to do that, and that's been incredible. So now it's just a matter of uh, finding the place that's going to provide the opportunity for me to do so. I feel like you're one of those guys that fits that mold of, you know, like you, like you mentioned, like a Vader or a Stan Hansen. Is that kind of like your style? You like that that rough and tumble, that, that strong style of being stiff and, and snug? Of course, you know, because for me, you can tell more about yourself and more about your opponent when you're thrown into that fire, right? Uh, as great as technical wrestling is and that and that and the ability to outmaneuver and outthink your opponent and things of that sort, for me, you know, when you get knocked on your ass, that shows you who you are. Right in that moment, and you have to make choices along in 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 that in that fight, you know about what what amount of fight is in you, right? So can you take those shots to the face over and over and over again? Can you take a beating for ten minutes, fifteen, twenty, and still come out on top? I mean, what happens when you know you've got a busted eye socket and teeth knocked out? broken ribs, what happens to you then? Who do you become then? Right? What what what's that test? Right? And for me that's what it's all about. Is throwing myself into the fire, testing myself and proving that it doesn't matter what you think, you know, the best looks like in your mind. It doesn't matter what you think a champion or a star looks like in your mind. When I go out there I, I show it to you. 
with kind of Ring of Honor and the New Japan, obviously it comes to the global wars and then they have War of the Worlds, which is always just a huge show and they've actually turned it into a huge tour. So you end up winning the television title in Toronto, Ontario, Canada in a four-way. It was King, Hiroki Goto, like you mentioned, and Jeff Cobb, who was the champion at the time. What does it mean to not only kind of be in that great match and be a part of this huge War of the Worlds show and this tour, but to be the Ring of Honor World Television Champion and win the belt? That was great. You know, it, it's, it was at that time a culmination of, you know, a decade plus of I really felt good, especially after, you know, some so many people that were here before me um, told me that if I wanted to be successful, if I wanted to be a champion, and if I wanted to be, you know, one of the top guys, that it wasn't going to be at Ring of Honor. I would have to go elsewhere, right? Um, but I am of the mindset that nothing changes if you don't attack it, right? Not like nothing changes if you're not working at the problem, right? So you can't talk about not being successful here if you're not here to help change that, right? And that goes with, you know, a lot of issues that we have in society today. If you're not talking about them or you're not working to fix them, they're never going to get better. They don't just go away, right? So uh, to be able to sort of have that success and show and validate my belief that if I worked hard enough, I I could achieve here, uh, that that meant the world to me. And to be able to go on one of the most dominant runs with that championship ever, you know, and have people say that that's their favorite television championship run of all time, you know, uh, that does my heart good. Pretty impressive considering who else has been Ring of Honor TV champions. I mean, it's a pretty damn illustrious list. So that, that's pretty impressive in and of itself. Yeah, and I, and, I, and I think one of the things that I take pride in the most, able to do that and not have them bring in outside talent to work with me. It, it wasn't, hey, we're going to feature you on this. Hey, we're going to bring in this guy to, you know, help elevate this, yada, yada, yada. My run was with who we had, and I made each match special because of what I did. You know what I mean? And also, mm-hmm. you know, what they did. But this was me. This, this was me showing the world that night in, night out, no matter who you put in the ring with me, no matter where we are, no matter what style, no matter any of that, right? The match that people were going to be talking about was my match. The people were going to be loudest for my match. They were going to get the best fight of the night from my match. And I think when you want to be recognized as the guy and you want to be recognized as the number one, that's what you have to do. Regardless of opponent, regardless of time frame, regardless of venue, uh, you have to just go out there and, and deliver every single night. Yeah, you beat Bandito, who's excellent, Dragon Lee, Tracy Williams, Flip Gordon defending the title in the UK. I mean, pretty damn impressive run with the television championship. Then, of course, final battle comes. You lose to Dragon Lee, 
any sort of thought of like, I wish I had a longer run or, or you're very happy, like you said, w- with the actual run itself? I mean, there's, there's, my goal was to break Jay Lee Eagles record. So fall, so falling short of that goal, you know, is frustrating, right? Because I'm a person who likes to, to achieve all the goals that I set for myself. Uh, but with the run that I had, I know I was able to accomplish a lot and open a lot of eyes, and uh, and I'm happy with that. You know, uh, obviously, there's part of you that wants to go, okay, damn, had I just won that match, you know, you could argue I'd still be TV champion right now. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so there's that. But overall, I'm, I, I'm happy with it. Um, and I'm glad that I was able to make a little bit of history. Now, not to gloss over this, but obviously this happened before you won the TV title, but the ROH New Japan for Wrestling Supercard in Madison Square Garden. What was it like to wrestle in front of a sold-out crowd in Madison Square Garden and it not be for the WWE or WWF, it's for, for Ring of Honor and New Japan? So that's a pretty amazing accomplishment. What was it like wrestling in front of that crowd? Man, it's tremendous. Uh... And for some, like, huge crowds like that can be intimidating. But for me, when I saw that, and I saw that whole place filled, it made me feel like, it made me feel at home. You know what I mean? Like, there was no part of me that was like, this is too big or this is too much. Like, it was just, this is exactly where I need to be. You know what I mean? Like, this is this is the age that I want. Um, and, and so that, that, that to me told a lot. Uh, because my ability to step up in situations is something that I pride myself on. So to be able to step up in that venue, sold-out crowd, history-making moment, um, that meant the world. What, like, an accomplishment, if you just think about it, because nobody really had been in Madison Square Garden wrestling for about 60 years or whatever the the figure was. It was just an astronomical number. So it's pretty cool to be able to be there and be in front of a sold-out Madison Square Garden crowd. Obviously, you're a part of that six-man street fight, teaming up with Bully and Silas. You're on the losing end, but still, what an impressive accomplishment. Does, does everybody kind of sit back and look? It's like, wow, we, you know, we sold out Madison Square Garden. Non-WWF company came in and sold out MSG. Oh yeah, I'm 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 sure there's a lot of that, um, and at the same time, uh, I know how passionate and how progressive uh, the guys are about uh, continuing that growth, right? So so I think that that's something that we can look back on and say, and we we did that, but I think there's also that drive to go, you know what? Let's do it again. You know what I mean? Let's mm-hmm. let let's prove it wasn't a fluke. Let's go out there and build. To where we can do that, you know, we we can make make that happen again. So as far as Shane Taylor Promotions, you know Moses Khan, the most recent thing I guess really is from the bubble, from not that recently, or from very very recently of ROH TV, getting into a little bit with EC3 and the Briscoe Brothers. What's kind of just the overall thoughts of not only EC3 but the Briscoe Brothers, who are known as the Godfathers of Ring of Honor? Right. I mean, it, to talk about the Briscoes first, I mean, you're right. They, they're they one of, you know, two of the pillars that helped create ROH, you know, from, from, from day one, right? Uh, you could sit here all day and list their accolades. Arguably one of the best tag teams of all time 
any era, any company, you know what I mean, you would be hard-pressed to find tag teams better than the Briscoes, period. Um, and so uh, walking into a match with them always presents a fun challenge because you know it's going to be physical, you know it's going to be violent, you know it's gonna, you know it's gonna, you know it's gonna hurt. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. the challenge of stepping into and testing yourself against them is something that, as a competitor, you dream about, right? Because this is why you work so hard. And with ECC3, you've got a guy who has accomplished so much in the sport. Um, he's a tremendous athlete, tremendous competitor in his own right. And so with all of the attention, with all of the energy that he's bringing, especially for his debut, to be the guy standing in their way, you know, for me, that just lit me up even more because now I get to go play spoiler. Now I get to go uh, and sort of rain on that parade that him and Ring of Honor wanted to have. Uh, And we are able to do that. EC3 comes in, you know, they're obviously making a big splash, but they're, like you said, you ran in the fray. They're not getting that victory over you guys, and it's good to see, you know, uh, not that it's like the, the pure Ring of Honor guys, obviously the Briscoes are the guys, but it's good to see, like, this, like the up-and-coming guys are really starting to get a focus and, and get a, getting the push rather than, okay, we'll bring in a guy from wherever, and they're, they're going to start winning matches. To a fan, that's just, you know, refreshing to see. It's like, okay, you know, those guys may have a name elsewhere, but they don't necessarily have a name right away here. I just always think about that. Right, and that, and with the time that I put in and the accomplishments that I've had, that's why I told EC3 to his face, I don't care where else you've been. All that is all well and good, but you're walking in the ring of honor, which means you're walking into my house. You'd better wipe your feet before you come in and pay me that respect. And I know you had your contract redone not that long ago. How's the relationship with Joe Koff these days? Well, the relationship is fine. You know, uh, I got all the stuff that I wanted in my deal. So <laughs> uh, the, everything is fine. Um, when you are, again, it's, it's, it's a situation in, in which we both know what we want, um, and it's just figuring out a way to work, work, to work together to make that happen. Um, they want me to compete. I want to compete. And then it's just a matter of money and details, you know, and we were able to come to details and a situation in which we were both satisfied, we made it happen. And shout out to Ron Hunt for getting that deal done and uh, doing what he does as the COO. With Sinclair Broadcasting and Joe Koff, the ROH bubble, they've been getting back to basics with the pure tournament and the pure title. Obviously, Jonathan Gresham just won. What do you kind of think of the pure tournament and any thoughts of you know becoming pure champion? The pure tournament was great. You know, it's one um, one of the characteristics that Ring of Honor had was that pure technical wrestling style. Uh, the 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 ability to uh, take wrestling as a sport and be the very best at it. Right. I think that's something that separated them from some of the other major companies in, in, in the past is that they really put that focus on the sport and put that focus on tactical wrestling ability. Um, when you look at guys like Alex Shelley or Brian Danielson, um, 
when when you think of those guys, you think technical wrestling, right? You think wrestling ability. Um, and so to be able to see them sort of get back to that or, re, or you know, sort of revamp that energy uh, has been great to see. It, it's provided a lot of guys with a great platform to showcase their skills, none more so than Jonathan Gresham, who won the whole tournament, you know, and is now the Ring of Honor Pure Champion and Tag Team Champion. Um, He's he's showed the world exactly what people have known for years that he is the best technical wrestler in the world. It's good to see Carways getting back to basics and getting back to the sports of pro wrestling because other promotions have said that they're going to do sports and stuff like that and they don't come through at all. It's actually the opposite. Seems like so. I I just think and maybe you agree that it's kind of a refreshing thing that getting back to the sport element. Not only that, but actually doing it instead of saying you're going to do it and not really coming through. Right. You know, it, it's always it's always important to give your word um, and to be able to take that vision and bring it to light and materialize it the way they have has been great. And I, I think the reviews speak for themselves, um, and people have been really into it. You know, so. Sky's a limit for what they want to do with that, um, and I hope it's nothing but good things. Now, as we hit the wind down and head toward the finish, I'm always curious, do you have any dream matches of, could be maybe guys that have passed on, but really guys that you haven't been able to wrestle yet that are out there and you're just, just like dying to wrestle some of those guys? Um, of, of people that I haven't wrestled yet, at least one-on-one, Mm-hmm. Uh, there's two there's two guys in particular that I want to have matches with, and that's Minoru Suzuki and Tomohiro Ishii. Uh, when you look at the matches that they've been able to have in New Japan, but also when I look at uh, Ishii's Rev Pro run in, in the UK, when he was a Rev Pro world champion, when he was British heavyweight champion, the matches that he was able to have there were tremendous. You know, he had two bangers with, with Keith Lee, um, and Suzuki had a match with Keith Lee, I believe, at OTT in Ireland. Um, and, and and so there's, there's part of me there, that competitor in me wants to uh, sort of go out there and see if I can have a better match with them than he did. You know what I mean? Just to, mm-hmm. just, just to test myself, but also test myself against their ability uh, and see what what exactly would happen uh, because that style that we talked about, I think they subscribe to as well. And so it would be a knockdown drag out fight to just see who is the baddest. And I feel like Ishii is definitely probably the most underrated wrestler going uh, for a long time. You just follow his career. He's got so many good matches. I mean, man, he's easily one of the best. As far as some of your favorites, not only matches and opponents, I always kind of ask that question because it's, it's always one of those things where it's either I can go on YouTube or go on Honor Club or something and, and check it out. So it's like, what are your favorite matches or opponents that somebody's going to say, okay, now i got to go watch it on, on Honor Club or i got to go hit it up on YouTube. What are some of your faves? Uh, the match with Joe Hendry in your, in your call where I was defending the TV title is one of my favorites. Uh, my very first title defense against Bandito uh, was one of my favorites. Uh, both matches with Jeff Cobb in 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 Philly and in Vegas are right up there. Um, 
because those came out of nowhere and nobody expected us to do what we did not only once but twice. Um, so any of those matches um, that I just mentioned would be the ones. And, and there's some ones that are already uh, so, so sort of taped that I'm really proud of as well. Uh, so those may be added to the list here soon. So where do you see yourself, let's just say, a couple of years down the road? Do you still ring of honor? Do you want to maybe maybe any interest in, in WWE, which is, I guess, a generic question that everyone always says. Sometimes people, especially nowadays, no interest in that. Is it growing ring of honor? Where do you see yourself in, in a couple of years? Man, uh, you know, I've, I've always said that I wanted to be a lifer at ROH. I think that there's just something so cool about what the Briscoes have been able to do, and that's put a company on their back for the last and their two decades. Um, and if things work out that way, then great. Um, if not, um, then, oh, man, there's, there, there's a lot of places that I could see myself going and that I would be a good fit for. Uh, obviously, we were talking about the style of New Japan, and I think I'd be, you know, no pun intended, no pun intended, but tailor made for that, uh, for that environment, um, and that style. Um, it would be really great to be able to share a locker room with Ray Rowe and Keith again, uh, two two of my best friends in the world. So that would be a great thing, and then be able be able to travel the roads with them again, um, and you know, and to experience. Something new, you know, at AEW uh, would be great as well, you know, and sort of test my test on my metal against the competition that they have there. So, if you know, I'm, I'm happy where I am. Um, I want to continue to do the work that I'm doing, uh, and 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 do this and be here for the rest of my career. But if that's just not in the plans, that's not on the cards, um, any place really, you know, uh, will present a new challenge. And a new set of uh, and a new set of uh, challenges for me. If anybody out there doesn't have it, I would highly recommend the Ring of Honor Honor Club. Go to rohwrestling.com for all the Ring of Honor information, and of course, follow what's going on lately in the bubble. I would definitely recommend the Honor Club. So much good stuff on there. They had, I think, it's fifty matches a week of classic ROH content. It's just amazing stuff. But Shane, please give us all of your social media plugs. Of course. Uh, at Twitter and Instagram at Shane216Taylor. Of course, you have Facebook.com slash Notorious Shane Taylor. Uh, and if anybody's in the merch buying mood, of course, head on over to ROHWrestling.com. Check out the pro shop there. Plenty of great merchandise from all your favorite ROH stars. Uh, as well as Shane with promotion stuff as well. Um, and also ProWrestlingTees.com slash Shane Taylor. Bunch of great merchandise there as well. All right, Shane, awesome stuff. You're definitely a guy to look out for in Ring of Honor. It's definitely a company to be looking out for as they're kind of getting back to basics, but I think you're going to be the uh, one of the guys that kind of breaks out of the pack, that's for sure. The CEO of Shane Taylor Promotions, Mr. Shane Taylor, thank you so much for all the time today. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling, What the World is Downloading.